You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. A new chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, oh my gay. Him gay. Oh my god. <laughs> Something good for ya. We're back. We were talking about the... That was a couple of pee breaks uh, per person, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was a couple of pees. A couple of pees. <laughs> but no, I, I do enjoy the studio. Just like I said, like Cap was going, you know, the meticulous aspects. I like work. I like playing with the tones. Yeah. And you don't really get to do that too much when you're live and in practice. You I know, in, in the studio, you really get to go, ooh, you know, I really want my guitar to have this tone to it or this sound now and or since this we're whatnot. All guitar players at heart, it's super fun for us because we can go like, Oh, I want that Vox with this Fender tone or I want this Marshall with this Gibson tone and yada yada yada. Yeah, maybe maybe a weird combination that wouldn't work live. You wouldn't necessarily want well, a, that setup on I guess stage. I guess that's the one way I'm different, is that if we can't capture the sound that I can produce that we could produce live. Yeah. I don't want it on the record. Right. But but and, when you're and, recording, and, and sometimes me, you can get a little bit of a richer tone of a guitar that necessarily you wouldn't need live. That's true. That's true. However, to me, that always ends up being the to the discretion of the en- engineer. Right, right. Right. You know, which... Well, you brought up something earlier that we were talking about yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. where it's like you want to get the room sound first before you listen for little nuances uh, from uh, outside speakers and things like that. Right. And that's right, a right. whole process unto oh, itself. Yeah. Well, to me, that, that comes up with the miking of amps. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the only thing I don't like about playing direct to the board is you don't get the atmosphere absolutely right. i like that i definitely love getting a room sound like we we've been chit-chatting about uh the next time we go record how we would want it set up and we want it to have a when we record drums mm-hmm. we want a good room sound because absolutely because we're, we're not track we're not playing fucking led zeppelin style music but it would be nice to get a big room sound like a you know that bonham tone you oh, know yeah, and, and yeah. You, or because like those classic 70s records that had that really nice room sound at least to me uh if you're going to record an amp or drums or things like that you need you need three mics yeah you need the one that gets the hit you need the one that gets the ambient room yep then you need to s- a third one that gets a resonance and we're yeah. talking about the glenn john's john bonham setup right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean not just for drums i think for everything mm-hmm. what's where it's like I, I remember watching a doc on uh the eagles where uh don henley was talking about how uh they went to record with the same guy that engineered led zeppelin and who records where they would only have like three or four mics over keith moon and john bonham yeah but what do- what don henley wanted was drums on e- or mics on every little drum so where they could pick it 
apart every little hit. Were they fighting hidden. at the time? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was that kind of deal. So it's like, Don Hill's like, no, is fuck he, you. I don't play like, like John Bonham. I don't play like Keith Moon. I right. want to do this, this, and I'll, this with every little thing that I hit. I like having the mixture of the two because I, I like kind of playing a little bit of the producer mode when it goes into mixing and stuff. And, oh, absolutely. And, and when it goes to drums, I like having the big room mics, but then I like having each little thing also mic'd. That way you can EQ the hit mic. So like the toms, you can Absolutely. really bring in that bass and everything else, but you're primarily using the room mics, and, but and, then you use those individual mics to sweeten those room mics, and, and it gives it such a rich sound. I feel the sound. same way with uh, amp mics. Yes. You know, you got the one right in front of the speaker. That's going to grab your punch. And then, in my opinion, you need two others mm-hmm. out, outside of it that you blend right. with that mic. Yeah. Just to get the the full sound of it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because we've all, we've all As played. opposed to just like a one sweet spot speaker, say if you have a 4 uh, four 4x10 where it's just like the right cone or something like that. I think what, right. like what we used to do, what we normally do with guitars, I think what Steve would do, he would take a one mic and uh, pick a very Don't specific speaker. Don't be calling speaker. people out on there. Well, this is it's all, I've, it's all I've worked with the past several years. <laughs> I got you. But this is at least for guitars. He'd find one specific speaker to uh, mic up if you wanted a live room sound because that, to his credit, that room does sound really good for uh, oh, yeah. single speakers and things right. like that, which is really good to record a 4x10 speaker. So that's what we've been using for a while. I've only been dipping my toe into, like, say, a, uh, um, say that uh, Vox uh, AC15 or whatever, mm-hmm. that, yeah, the little AC10 or whatever, uh, tiny little things to record guitars with. Well, I know we're getting a little too. Um, I know this is inside what, baseball for this. No, this but, is what this is for. But uh, see, this is why you know, we like the re- studio more than playing live to it, a lot of things. I record with through, the argument. I record and I play through a two fifteen, right? And to me, the edge of the fifteen for one mic come out about two feet and put a center mic in, mm-hmm. and then come out another four feet and put a room mic in and you'll get the best blend out of it yep and then you bounce that down to almost like a single track almost and then you blend that into your overall mix absolutely because what you get what you get is you you get the punch from the first mic you get the focus from the second mic and you get the ambient room yep from a third because then when you mix in all three ambient rooms it sounds like oh shit you're playing in the same room together right absolutely and then you do that little bit of that blend mix where it's like the guitar okay if you've got it primarily in the right if you take that room mic smack it in the center that way when you're listening with like say one earbud Mm -hmm. you hear that little bit of that echo slap back in the other ear of course put a little bit of an echo on it you hear that little bit of the thing and it makes it sound like hey everyone's all in the same room rocking out together yeah i mean that's a sound i really like i mean if we want to go back even to like chess records yeah where they recorded everything in one room yep and I like that, being able that, to that accomplish that, over, but that bleed over I actually like in a mix. And I definitely think it, it's for certain music too. Like oh, I, yeah, I think absolutely. if we were playing more stripped down, 
like rock, uh, like punk rock stuff. I think oh, we'd yeah. do a lot more room well, stuff. With our latest records, the, uh, we've been having fun. Like we've almost kind of taken it in that same 60s, 70s, 80s mentality of yeah, yeah, we've yeah. got toys, let's play with the stuff, let's put some shakers and layers. And but the reason those like rooms work for those uh, 50s rockabilly bands is because of uh, the instruments that they played and yes. the uh, kind of like. Uh, the delay qualities that uh-huh. the uh, guitars and the slapback uh, upright basses played for rooms, Absolutely. For, uh, rooms However, like that. However, most of that slapback was caused by the mic placement. Mm-hmm. Because of yeah, the sorry. click. I was going to say, yeah, because, oh, I was just mimicking because of the click of the strings just also a combination on the frets, of too. all it, of those it, variables. It, becomes, it comes from the, yeah, the mic placement on a lot of those because, uh, you know, I've recorded with upright bass and mm-hmm. things like that and the combination of the mic that's close that picks up the percussion of the bass, mm-hmm. that, and then and they and then you have yeah exactly. And even and the, the drum and, kits weren't even that elaborate or anything like that when no, they were doing those no, either. No, 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 I mean drum kits were simple. They used like two or three overhead mics, and that was it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, but also they also only had like a, what a snare a kick and a single crash yeah. <laughs> a lot of times and the rooms maybe a hi-hat if the, you wanted to get fancy with it a and the rooms times, weren't, and the I rooms mean, weren't that big to capture all that either right uh, so like i said i do i just enjoy the studio aspect favor but yeah most. yeah with the argument we were bringing up earlier that's uh <laughs> that's kind of where we uh, stand on all that but as opposed to live it's definitely a different beast yeah you good yeah 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 i'm good okay I'm sorry. No, I just want to make sure you didn't need to catch that or anything. No, that was my lovely wife calling me right now. Well, do you need to catch that then? No, I'm good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. No, no, not oh, boy. <laughs> I have the most understanding wife in the world. Awesome. So, uh, the thing is, is, you know, with recording, uh-huh. to me, it, it puts you on point to play that song exactly yeah so i have to say my favorite stance of all this between recording live and rehearsal is rehearsal Mm -hmm. where you have you have the room to explore right a little bit yeah and to me that's that's the fun part of it i might be able to understand your point by answering this do you ever get demoitis I'm not sure what you mean by that. Uh, so say you've uh, been practicing, working on a new song, right. and you do a, uh, back in the day, a cassette tape, tape yeah, deck yeah, version, yeah, yeah. or now on our phones, a phone demo, mm-hmm. and you listen to that over and over and over and over and over, and then now you're getting to the studio and you can't capture the demo again. Uh, sometimes. Because it feels like there's a certain fire or a passion or a vibe you caught during that demo or during practice, well, but now that you're in the studio, it's, you're not catching that same vibe again. The lucky thing is being on bass now, mm-hmm. uh, phone recordings, uh, boombox recordings, don't pick up the bass. Yeah. So I always had the freedom to do whatever the hell I want. That's true. Because, okay, so now I see a lot more where you're coming from on the rehearsal being a lot more your favorite because as for Cap and I, since, you know, we're 
write a lot of the stuff, especially on the last record and yeah. with this new stuff. We'll get into that frame of we hear it exactly how we like it when we're strumming it here in the you know yeah. room, oh, yeah, or yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and then when it's not matching with that, then it's the stress of Ugh, now we're having to rework it and rethink it and everything. Especially else. when like or in your brain. Now, when you're in the studio, you're having to finalize all the fun I'm, I'm stuff have, you've I'm been doing. To sum it up exactly. Where, exactly. where the whole time you've been just having fun with the song. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, to me, the the fun in writing a song is you write one and you kind of give it to the band. It most likely will sound nothing like why what I originally. Yeah. originally thought oh yeah but it's you and know I'm, now it's taken on a life of its own and everybody can kind of do and all of a sudden you go well it doesn't sound like my song anymore but it sounds like us oh yeah oh yeah and we found a lot of fun in that especially on the last record and the new one i, have I one. think it's more or less like when the band is playing it Oh, yeah. like when you catch that thunder, like when we're playing it on fire during a rehearsal sometime, right. and then we're just never able to capture like that fire or that specific take. Or when you're at practice and you go, fuck, if someone had been pressed record on that, right. that would be, we would release that tonight. Some, some, <laughs> some of my favorite, some of my favorite moments have been where like, uh, I come up with a part of a song or something like that and uh i hear a certain solo in my head mm-hmm. and uh mikey will start bullshitting over uh something i've written over and, and right. just completely like outplay everything i've had in my head and you're like oh and you're okay like, well never mind that works exactly i'm just kind of like well that's better than everything i've come up with so yeah do that <laughs> No, that, there's certain, shit like that. There's certain times, especially like during rehearsal. I like uh, if we're kind of talking about just songwriting. Even when Mikey's writing a solo, I'll listen. The only critiques I ever have of him is if he stops playing something he was already playing. So like, oh, if, yeah. like if he was like rewriting a solo, I'll be like, no, 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 I don't like that. If you want to do that, at least start it with your this, this, and this, and this. Right, right. Then you right. can do something different. That's the only time I guide him as a soloist. I, I tell him, I say, okay, start playing, and he'll just start riffing, and then I'll stop him. I'll be like, that, I like that. I say, work mm. off this some. Yeah. And, and I find that to be the best way to kind of encourage your bandmates. Is don't tell them exactly what to play. Just have them keep playing something. And, and even if you want to direct it, be like, eh, try something else. Yeah. Eh, I, try something else. I'll be honest, man. Everybody in the Grave Rollers, we've all gotten to the age where we're like, if you don't like that, just fucking say it. That's where, yes. I, that's where I've always been. And I'm like, if it sucks, tell me. Yeah. No, it's We're not all even big it, boys. It's not even if it sucks. It's if this doesn't fit what you saw for the original song. Right. Okay, just say it. Yeah. Especially if it's and I've been guilty of not following this. I've brought this up on the show a few times. But mm-hmm. when it's uh, not your song, where if the, the basis of the beginning of the song comes from uh, somebody else that's not right. you i think say if i had a song uh that uh, alex uh, wanted to critique over i would let him critique it but uh at the end of the day i would have final say over yeah. it if it was my idea oh yeah, yeah yeah same with alex same with mikey same with everybody else well and, and we and we even had that recently and it almost caused me to get all pissy until i realized what happened at first right. i thought it was someone just not paying attention but mikey's been writing a new song it's fun, fucking amazing. And I t- sent him on the task. Like, we're almost done with the music. So I sent him on the task. Like, all right, start 
figuring out your solo so you know when we yeah, go to record absolutely. this you know we can like knock it out of course well, I- he sent the demo in and it was it sounded like he was soloing over the verse and i'm like bro you fuck no that's not the spot you're not and i was getting annoyed it felt like he wasn't paying right. attention i'm like dude that's not even the right spot and he's like yeah it is i'm like no it isn't and we get to the next practice i was like man i said i said i don't know what you were thinking on that he's like no 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 i changed the solo piece i was like but what i say show it to me and he played it through and i was like oh oh okay and like what playing it in person it actually made sense i was like okay well okay well if we're doing that we just got to cut this one bar right, in half. right right yep. and he was like okay yeah we can cut this one bar in half i was like sweet i think but then i realized i was like okay so i can't say I, at first i was gonna sit here and go no 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 you're not playing the right notes let's go to the old notes but it was his song you wrote everything else to it and i was well, like yeah you know and you know, i think i think the key of a good band is just being able to say no yeah yeah and and he finally got to that spot where yeah, he's like, no, 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 this is this is what the other thing was going to be. Not 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 like in a really negative way. He wasn't negative at all. But well, he was like, you weren't you're hearing it, man. I'm not criticizing it. you. Al. <laughs> I'm not saying you're criticizing. I'm agreeing with you, Kurt. Taking. But but the uh, <laughs> the thing is is just to be able to go. I don't think that's the right thing for this. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's, I'm not saying that the grave rollers have like the greatest songs in the world i like them but y'all and, but y'all are musicians y'all are songwriters oh yeah, absolutely. y'all want it you want everything to be the best that possibly can be we want it to be us right if it could be better that's one thing but if it could be better but not sound like us we're like yeah it's fuck better, that. and it's really cool when you i think it's more rewarding where as a band you find your own sound as opposed to like and find a sound where you can expand some but still sound like your own identity yeah absolutely and even kind of i mean this all does fall under the realm of rehearsal and i think just with my brain the way it works is i almost just feel like rehearsal is the necessity if that makes any sense maybe that's why it falls last for me because my end goal my end goal is I'll spend a week in the studio. I'll sleep in the studio if I have to. I right. love being in that environment and take me on the road for a month. I it feels like lot, the rehearsal is just the necessity because, you know, a, without the rehearsal, we don't write new songs. We don't get to do this. So, I guess what? We have to that. play together so we can write these new songs so we can go back in the studio and on tour again. The I think of, a lot of that is is a little bit of a control issue. Is it? Well, <laughs> in, I think, in what way? I'm oh, just just looked at me really bad. <laughs> anyway. Um, no, I'm curious. No, I, I say I think that it's a little bit of a control issue, whereas when you develop as bands and stuff like that, you learn to trust your bandmates. Yeah. And you're like, I got this idea, and I'm coming in. But then it starts to evolve. Uh-huh. It starts to evolve into something quite a bit different than what you originally started with yeah because the two songs that i put on the last grave rollers album i mean in my brain they sounded like fear yeah you know like bye 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 and uh tony was like i don't hear it that way yeah i hear it like this mm-hmm. and you know and then tommy and john came in on it and i said you know what yeah, you're right. Yeah. And in some ways, 
that gives you more freedom. Oh, definitely. For writing songs. Oh, yeah. And that's you're like, like, you're like, look, I have an idea. I want to, I'm going to bring it to the band mm-hmm. and let it evolve. I, I did that with Cap on uh, one of our newest ones because I had an intro riff and I was like, I don't know where the hell to go with this. Right. And that is so freeing because as soon as I went, where do I go from this riff? He was like, mm-hmm. huh. And he played through a few things. He's like, what about this? I was like, eh, that's not hitting it. And all of a sudden, I just heard him playing it downstairs and I was like, whoa. Wait a minute! No, that's and I went yep. downstairs. I was like, "That's it right there!" And then I pulled out my guitar and we just started jamming you know, it together. I mean, and it's so much fun. And that's the, the biggest perk of rehearsal. We talk about like how yeah, you know, yeah. like there's like your biggest sweet spots with all those scenarios mm-hmm. for rehearsal. That's probably it. As far as like just the oh oh, let's do that again. Record that. Yes, let's do that. What one did more you time. just say there? What did I just oh, say? Record oh. it. Yeah. That's why I say I feel like rehearsal is just a necessity. That stuff where we're kind of figuring out the, ooh, do it again, do it again. What did I just say? I'd love to spend a week in the studio. This yeah, collaborative totally thing we're too. talking about here, I would love to do that in the studio as well, we're writing the a, record. But the spontaneity well, the, 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 the of the rehearsal. The problem I have with that is uh, at the rehearsal studio, mm-hmm. number one, there's no money at stake. Yeah. Other, other than, than the rent. Other than paying for the space. <laughs> other than the rent. Right. But you're going to pay that shit anyway. Oh, hey. And Thanks, I Tony. paid you, goddammit. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that freedom to work on things. Yeah. You know, and to realize that, okay, it may completely change mm-hmm. from what you thought. Oh, yeah, and I look forward to that. I'm not rejecting that at all. Oh, you say that. But that true freedom of, here's an idea, I'm throwing it out there, whatever comes back to me. I mean, Capital Vouch, I mean, we do that yeah. a lot. Well, yeah, it's like one of those deals. Where I'm, like, only saying, the, I'm only well, saying that, it, by the way, because uh, Alex did the very serious face to me. Well, because <laughs> I, well, the only reason, because we've even done... On this show, we talk about a ton of different subjects, and we even talk right. about the mental state of you know musicians mm-hmm. and what that kind of does for you. And and the only reason I made that face is because I do try to take a conscious effort is to not take too much of a hold on stuff right. and to let right. people kind of right. right. do right. stuff. So I, think with the, so I think that's the only reason I maybe have gotten a little defensive on is because I just want to make sure that's not what's being portrayed because I want to certainly put that across at least in the band that you it's know okay. I try to not it's okay I think it's a, I think it's, I understand. it's something I've worked on I don't want to be Alex's arm right now I don't yeah, want to be an ass I don't want to be an ass I'm trying to be a better me <laughs> well I think it varies between different bands too like say uh, Al, uh, Mikey came over the other day and uh, we wrote some like bluesy John Lee Hooker bullshit. Right, right, right. And uh, we just sent don't that ever be- call John Lee Hooker it's- bullshit. I-, I attach every demo I have as such and such bullshit. Like I have glam rock bullshit riff. I have everything's uh, bullshit to him. Don't do that. No, but uh, Mikey would c- will come over. John and- Lee Hooker and- was a master. Yeah, he was a master. That's why I'm saying no my bullshit. That's why I'm saying me and Mikey's version is bullshit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't learned i am an instigator oh absolutely <laughs> i love it though i love to pick a fight with people that i have no interest in fighting with i mean <laughs> i will lose every time look at you and look at me <laughs> seriously <laughs> dude i'm an old man don't bring that up here i mean look oh, at the, look at this shit. Um, look, look at my tiny little scrawny arms look at this that ain't gonna do nothing to you Anyway, uh, the fact that my forearms are larger than your biceps doesn't yeah. mean much right now. <laughs> you know, 
But no, like say Mikey and I will write a bluesy riff or whatever, just dicking around. And we'll be like, hey, here, we'll send it to Alex. We'll send it like a little group chat with us. We'll yeah. be like, hey, here's this because here's us fucking around. Yeah. And then we're like, ooh, what if we all three of us like it enough, we'll bring a full band around it mm-hmm. and then go from there. And, and exactly kind of what you're saying on there, they'll, they'll toss it out and be like, hey, check out this blues riff. I might like the chord progression, right. but it might not be the right kind of beat that we're kind of looking for. Right. And, I'll, and I'll just start playing with the chord progression and maybe add that what you were saying, like that little half note in there or a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, a little or, passing note. Yeah, a little pass thing. note that just exactly what you were saying earlier a single pass note can change the whole vibe of a whole oh, yeah. song oh, yeah. so maybe add a little extra boom boom in there yeah, you know yeah, bend yeah. it a little let's do a little stop send it back to them and say hey here's your riff but you know in this style and then mikey's like oh that's actually similar to something else i was doing mm-hmm. and then takes it and meshes the two and then boom we've got a new song it's because like everybody comes from different backgrounds uh, or with that style new- wise yeah, exactly. Or with that new one you sent me, I went, hey, that'd be great for a solo song. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> because there are some stuff that were just like, eh, that's cool, but just wouldn't work. I have to self-govern that a lot. There's a oh, lot yeah. of riffs I come up with. That I'm like, ooh, that's cool, but I won't work with the villains. <laughs> so, I think okay, I'll-, I'll give everybody the uh, short and sweet of how I ended up playing bass. No, we'll, we'll work into that because okay. we still, we got, still got to talk live. We, because we hadn't even talked about our love for playing live. We are playing live. So we, <laughs> we've got we cover the perks of rehearsals and studio My time, but with live. How dare you, sir? Dude, I'm an ass. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> but but, you, but but we get in this business to play live. Oh yeah, to get. A reaction and that from was an technically audience. my favorite was the live aspect because just getting up there and being able to perform for other people because this is the reason I got into music mm-hmm. wasn't for the studio time or even for the quote unquote rehearsal. I understood later on that the rehearsal and the writing and the playing that was required, but the reason I got into the music is because when I would see a live band, mm-hmm. I would forget about all the other stuff that was happening behind me whether it be outside no, that I venue. No, I see that. And, that. and I wanted to give that to other people. So the, just to boil it down to the main reason I got into music is I wanted to be the reason people forgot about the other bullshit going on in the world. So well, at the end of the day, the live show for me is still the prime because I, mean, I love I, just getting up there and just entertaining for a while. Now, did you have the outlet to immediately express yourself as a performer starting off? Hmm. When I figured out that I, when I started figuring out I wanted to be a performer, mom was very supportive of it. So she allowed me to put on like living room shows where I'd put on like a CD in the living room with my guitar and Kiss. like play along. Actually, any scene. And then, because again, I couldn't play any Kiss songs. Uh, right. But but I would play along to stuff in the living room. Like right. she'd crank up the stereo and I'd turn up my guitar and you know I'd play for the family and stuff. Right. And they'd be like, oh, you're getting better, you know that kind of stuff. So. Of course, you know, the bullshit thing parents say. But that was probably the closest bit of outlet I had on that for the longest time until I was maybe, I want to say 14, 15. Uh, Russ, okay. uh, Russ Ward, Mad Brother Ward, uh, he can tap along on drums. Mm-hmm. He's not a drummer, but he can keep a beat. Uh, he and Jeff Williams took me over to the storage unit that the Dead Kings practiced at, and I plugged into Steve Wenzel's uh, cabinet, and we played through three songs, uh, Bliss Creek Bop, uh, Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World, and uh, Trapped in Dixie from Annie Scene. And that was my first real band experience, is we played through those three songs for like 
45 minutes. <laughs> I can honestly say that has never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know how punk rock is he, right? But yeah, so for the longest time. No, I, was, I mean, dude, because of your mom, that's that's fucking awesome. Yeah, it yeah. is. And, 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 I've, and I've never been shy to say, you know, it's because of her that I know about any of this stuff. And that that's the one big benefit I've had. I've not had a lot of huge benefits on things in life knowing about really good ass music i've definitely had a whole lot of beneficial help with just dude my favorite memory of your mom was uh anti-scenes uh excuse me anti-scene <laughs> anti-scene anti-scene it doesn't matter they uh, anti-scene it does to certain people <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not at this table you're fine here you go <laughs> and, uh, anti-scene <laughs> anti-scene anti-scene <laughs> I went to the anti scene Christmas show. Yes. At the Tipsy Borough. Yes, that was an awesome. And one. the only thing I said, I think, I think I kind of pissed off Jeff a little bit, <laughs> was I I bought the Christmas album from anti anti scene, <laughs> and uh, they uh, picture Hank Hill anti scene anti scene, and uh, I bought the Christmas album, and your mom was there selling merch mm-hmm. and i all i said was i'm going to see your boy play tonight yeah this was before i was in super jet uh super jet had a show over at the milestone yeah and uh all she told me was tell him his mama's very proud of him and i love him mm-hmm. <laughs> and i I did that. Yes, you did. And then I, you know, I I walked away. And later, Jeff was up there at the uh, at the thing, and I I was just standing by, and because I, I realized I'd had this full conversation with your mother. Yeah, and had not introduced myself. <laughs> <laughs> this was kind of the. It, it, I mean, there's a southern upbringing where you're like, damn no idea who was talking to him. You, you should introduce yourself. Don't be an asshole. Well, she pays attention to Facebook. She probably knew who and, you were. And uh, I, I just went up, and I was only talking to Rebecca, and I was like, by the way, my name is Chris. I play with Tony Leone in the Grave Rollers. I just wanted you to know my name, not just be that weird guy with the beard. Was she just like, <laughs> oh, know? honey. Well, it's so funny. It was right after that, Jeff goes, you want that signed? I'm like, if you want to. <laughs> Sorry. It's not COVID. And uh, and I looked at him and I was like, well, I mean, if you want to sign yeah. it. And Jeff was like, well, I saw you standing there. I said, well, I wanted to talk to your wife. <laughs> you know? And and he gets gave me a weird look. Yeah. And I was like. <laughs> and then I talked I talk to your mom. Yeah. And, and she was like. Oh, Jeff, he's a nice guy. <laughs> you know. He's protective over his lady. Yeah, he didn't know for a minute. He's like, what do you mean you want to talk to my so, damn wife, so, man? Wait, 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 I mean, I mean, that was fine with me. I was just kind of like. So he's like, no, no, no. I just, I'm just friends with, his, with, with her kids. No, I mean, <laughs> Jeff was one of those guys that I had run into yeah. in the scene for years. Mm-hmm. But always kind of did the, hey, this guy's a fan type thing right which i mean i've met fans before you don't put a lot of credence in it yeah all that kind of stuff yeah, it's, it's it's hard to take it's easy to take that for granted and everything too i'm not saying you took it for granted but there's no memory of it right oh yeah i mean 
That makes sense. With too, how many yeah. people he's God, seen he's met throughout thousands the years. Of people. Yeah. It's it's a it's a wonder he remembers who his coworkers look like. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? I did not have the long beard at the time. The that changes time a I person. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, so I was like, you know, I learned that look living in L.A. Yeah, I ran into famous people all the time. Mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon. Ron Jeremy, who's now up in charge. <laughs> He's in no, ja- let's going not to talk jail. about that. <laughs> but, oh, my Ron Jeremy story is pretty funny. I was going to see a movie mm-hmm. when I lived in Los Angeles, and the closest theater was Grommet's Chinese. Yes. I don't know what we were going to see. Anaconda, mm-hmm. some shit like that. And I just looked behind me, and I was like, two people behind me, I was like... I asked a buddy I was with. I was like, "You talk about the movie Anaconda and Ron Jeremy in the same context. I don't like where this is God going." <laughs> <laughs> there Sorry. was a large one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it was a thick. Anyway, one. I just looked and at my it buddy. It goes like this. <laughs> here's the oh, funny. Yeah. Here's the funny part. I looked at my buddy and I go, "Is that Ron Jeremy behind us?" And he looks back and he goes, "Yep, looks like he's been on a bender." <laughs> And he was, man. His no hair, surprise. His hair was like all out to the side and stuff. Aliens. Like that. And how long ago was this? Oh, geez. We're talking 2004. So even, yeah, I can imagine like Ron Jeremy, like in the last 15 years at least, just kind of like doing, because he was coming to North Carolina, Asheville doing like a one-man shows and shit like that for the longest time. Just yeah. Be, and he just, they just sold what it. What was as, he doing? Here's Ron. up and fucking local bitches? I guess. I would just get on the mic and just what say. What would he do? He would just get I, on the mic and be like, hey, my here. name's Ron Jeremy, and I used to do porn, and that would he, be his deal. He'd probably, probably go to like dance clubs and shit and like host DJ stuff. Yeah, like Kind of like yeah. what Dennis Rodman used to do. Be, be and the marquee like name just to walk around, shake hands, and he would do be other a bullshit. I went to North Korea, and I have a nine-inch penis. My name's Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like. Just shit like that. Here's Sir Mix-a-Lot. No, Exactly. You watch, I watched the Dennis Rodman documentary not too long ago, and uh, it, that's what he would God do when he would become a... It's very fascinating to watch because of, you know, Kim Jong-il and all that, or Kim Jong-un and all that shit, too. Un. 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 His sister's wild shit, too. You have to look up photos of that. Rodman's anyway. or Un's? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were talking about playing live shows. I know, we right? <laughs> I'm speaking sure of, I drifted us sp- off of this. Speaking of freaks, uh, we get on stage and play things every now and then. You play that, things? That was a weak. That was that a was weird. Weak. That was a weird I transition. I'm the master of segues. <laughs> that was a weak ass segue. <laughs> Hang on. But no. There we go. So That'll anyway, <laughs> the way I ended up playing bass. Oh, there we go. That works. I, uh, being a guitar player for years. I was playing in the country band with uh, Derek Young. Right. And uh, I had recovered my Marshall quarter sack, we'll call it. It was a Marshall head and a 212. Right. I recovered it in like a country western Tolex. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to practice and my buddy goes, well, you know where the Marshall logo is. That should be really be grill cloth. Ooh. And I was yeah. like, oh, you're right. So, me being me, I said, well, I'm going to make a new face panel. Okay. I think I... Did, you brought that over to Steve's, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I remember that now. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. 
that Marshall that Marshall Marshall setup sounds fucking awesome, dude. That little like you said it was a two twelve, right? Two twelve. That sounded. I think I remember uh, Tommy trying it out. Oh yeah, I remember like. Tommy was plugged a guitar into it, and uh, Steve was fucking around with the uh, little with the EQ settings with mm-hmm. it and everything, and it was the gnarliest guitar tone that he had coming out of that studio. Well, well, here's the cool thing: it's a old Ampeg cabinet, right? That has uh, vintage thirties in it. Really, Celestian vintage thirties are in it, which is what you would find normally in like Marshall cabs and stuff like okay. that. Yeah, yeah, from the era, right? I mean, we're talking mid the late 80s era and i just even decided the, yeah, to, slash huh? shit oh yeah sat, slash listen but i i decided to recover it mm-hmm. and uh somebody said you need to redo the faceplate okay not gonna say his name he knows who he is <laughs> and uh so i was i had a table saw at the time and i was cutting a new faceplate yeah well unbeknownst to me inside of the plywood was a knot a knot a knot like a a knot in the a knot, wood you say <laughs> a knot <laughs> and the piece of piece of plywood kicked back on me oh shit and i said oh i think my knuckle got hit and i looked down and my fingers hanging all the way down oh so were you just immediately just like oh or were you like oh fuck I, ambulance doctor something it was exactly like that i walked i walked inside wrapped it up with a a towel and was just like here's the funny thing i had the most <laughs> there's a i about saw my finger off here's the funny thing <laughs> the funny thing is i had the most peace i've ever had in my life because it certain points in your life you get to this stage where you're like absolutely nothing i can do about it yep you know yeah i I can understand that. i can sit here and regret that it happened but there's absolutely nothing i can do about it yep so i just have to stay calm so you know i went and they reattached it and now not to get gory for folks mm-hmm. if they don't want to hear this it's too bad it's my own morbid curiosity i can post pictures if you I, want. i'm not willing to go that far <laughs> are you in so much shock that you don't even feel it it's like uh most traumatic things because uh, it went through the bone oh yeah it went through the joint on yeah. my index finger on my left hand in case anybody here is unmusically sophisticated, that's the fretting hand. Yeah, the important hand. That's yeah. the important hand. And uh, so it went through that. I, I, I Maybe I was in shock. Yeah. But it's so funny. I mean, the adrenaline, I keep saying funny. It's not really funny, but the adrenaline kicks in. Yeah. And it's it blocks out the pain. Okay, because because I was kind of curious, like what that kind. Because again, I've come nothing close to that. I've I've cut down to the white in my uh, finger before working right. in the kitchen, but no, right. fucking close to that. Have, have, I, but the, that feeling when you cut down to the white, you're yeah. like, holy, yeah, fuck, I cut my finger. Yeah, the oh, the the, the one that hurts for about a fucking week, kind of. Yeah, cut. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've all had that. Yeah. I had it with uh, grinders. Oh, where it just kind of nicks your knuckle, yeah, takes a bit of skin off, mm-hmm. and you're like, God damn, that hurts, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what I thought I did, oh, and it wow. wasn't until I got in the house, yeah, 
Because, you know, like everybody, you're cussing and swearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go inside and you're like, fuck, this is bad. <laughs> this yeah. is worse. Uh-huh. Well, I was home alone, so I called uh, 911. Right. And the fire department showed up first. They were fucking useless. <laughs> they're like, oh, shit, look what you did. They're like, Are you- they're, they're like, hey, we're the fire department. You still got to pay us. <laughs> Are you on fire? Well, sorry. <laughs> and the guy was like, the ambulance pulled in right behind us. <laughs> so You want them. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, and now I got to pay both of you. <laughs> you know? So I go in, and uh, what was <laughs> – I still find this funny. The guy goes, you realize you're not getting this towel back, right? <laughs> you're like, the towel The towel is the last fucking thing on my I, mind no, I right now. <laughs> I said, okay. And because, no, not my $200 towel that's now covered in blood. That's right. More like a, a $3 towel. I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, and when, we, when I was in the ambulance, uh, I tried to call my wife and tell her, hey, look. I severed my finger. I'm going to the hospital. Called my wife and she's like, will you quit sh- fucking with me? It's <laughs> exactly what she said. Oh my God. She you goes, can't, she you goes, can't be serious. She goes, you stop fucking with me about this shit. <laughs> and she goes, it's close to court Christmas. I got a lot of stuff on my mind. All right. And, and I finally said, here, talk to the EMT. And the EMT is like, hello, ma'am. Yes, it's bad. Please meet us here. And and she showed up with my daughter. And uh, at the whole time, like I, I hate said, to laugh, but I have a friend. No, no, no. It's fine to laugh, man. Because <laughs> fucking laugh. Like I said, like I said, the whole time I had this weird peaceful resolve is like nothing I can do. Yeah, fuck. I was, I, I was like, it'll either be okay or it'll be gone. I'm just what picturing you, you I'm just picturing you like pulling pranks on your wife like leading up to this and she's oh, just yeah, like and yeah. she's just, just like no you're not fucking with me this time no <laughs> oh I used to call my wife all the time tell her I was in jail for something <laughs> oh poor be. thing <laughs> no she's a good sport <laughs> now I just got a buddy of mine that would do that and once, do once that. she caught on she's like oh fuck you you can stay there and now yeah. you're the wolf that <laughs> yeah. good. no I just got a buddy of mine that's boy who cried that wolf would, rather I got a buddy of mine that would do shit like that like his birthday is legitimately April 1st oh my that's God. my birthday Fuck you. No, I'm not kidding. I, I'll, I'll bring out the ID. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. All right. So, yeah. So, my buddy would do the same thing. He'd be like, my buddy, my birthday is April 1st. And be like, everybody would be like, bullshit. And he'd be like, no, I'm serious. You're fucking Damn. with me. Dude, you no, don't I'm know not. what it's like to spend your whole life nobody believing it's your birthday. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. That's insane. Here we go. I'm pulling out the ID right now. The old yeah, ID. You and my friend Josh Chandler would be best friends. Natural born pranksters. <laughs> no, 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 you would. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that right there at the bottom. Bunch of goddamn <laughs> April fools over here. Bunch That's of little right. fools right up in here. No. <laughs> so I, I call her that, and my, yeah. my fondest memory is... Uh, a little bit of a story behind it. I, I went to the uh, hospital in Concord. Yeah. And the guy goes, look, I can, I can reattach your finger. He goes, but... Sorry, I had to burp. You're good. And uh, he goes, the the premium uh, hand doctor 
yeah is in charlotte and he's on duty tonight right so i said all right take me there yeah and uh as they're loading me in to the the ambulance to take me over there Mm -hmm. something fucks up with it oh no so they lower the back of the the thing and like the gurney they had me on won't go up here's my daughter at three year old three years old she goes mommy that truck's broke and i heard it i heard it i laughed the whole way up <laughs> i laughed oh the whole God. way to the hospital on that mom don't you love that it truck's when broke. don't you love it when your three-year-old is right oh yeah <laughs> and she's like mommy that truck's broke kids that young are just so like pure and they have they're, no they're problem at honest, all dude. they have no problem at all telling it how it they're fucking is they're honest to the point that you don't want to hear it <laughs> like daddy that shirt makes you look fat no one fucking asked you that's right <laughs> well I remember in 2013 I had I was just recovering over the hand injury right and all this kind of stuff and being a little bit of a superstitious person that i am right i said all right i'm gonna shave my beard off Mm -hmm. i said it's carrying too much baggage okay so i shaved my beard off in 2013 and my daughter followed me around for no less than three weeks and kept going daddy Put your beer back on. Oh, Daddy, put it back on. That I finally sat her down. I said, I can't put it back on. How old was she? Three. Oh, she's nine now. Yeah. And I said, but I'll grow it back for you. Yeah. And she goes, okay. That's adorable. So I haven't, I haven't shaved since then, and it's hit its terminal length. And oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, have you tried like doing anything for it just to see how long it would get? <clears throat> because well, some, because I've I've heard people talk about like if you trim the ends a little bit and put like some of the fucking oil or whatever, man, it stimulates it lot, to grow a lot, again. A lot of that is the same like mythical bullshit. Like That's what it, I've heard. Like if you shave, it'll come in thick. No, I knew that was bullshit. That that just comes with it's, age. It's on the same. It's on the same thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's at its terminal length. Because uh, I know that's at least true for the hair on your head. If you're trying to grow your hair longer, you have to trim the dead ends for it to grow longer. Which I never understood. Because the part that grows is, is on, on your, your head. I, from so what fuck I'm, the dead ends. <laughs> just let them go. You know? I, I'm, I, just, I'm, I'm not, repeating what every cosmetologist has ever told me. They are full of shit. <laughs> all that schooling they go to, all those classes they go to, they don't know nothing. That's right. Fuck them. I'm going to tell you, I got real world here. Here, you, you got a phone. You can flip up that selfie camera and talk about it in your truck. You know more than them. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Man. I've never met a cosmetologist with a beard. <laughs> Let that sink in. You're, you you're only asking questions. Questions. That's right. <laughs> so, I'm um, so from the hand injury. I'm guessing that's kind of where you like transition to base uh, through the healing process. Because I'm assuming this, you tried after this, it. I played one show, and I was playing lead guitar. I taught myself to play guitar with the three available fingers I had. Yeah, and then that band dissolved. Right, and uh, I met up with Tony at a uh, Brian Setzer concert nice naturally uh christmas or regular christmas nice he doesn't do regular well i know 
But anyway, I, I bet that was still pretty cool. Like I met up guitar with him, porn, and though. he's like, "Hey, man, I'm putting a new band together. Do you want to come play guitar?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah. Well, I later found out I was going to be playing lead guitar. The problem was, is all my lead guitar training uh-huh. was honky tonk. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I was playing relative minor to everything, and he's like, "Man, I'm used to Scott Roby who can play around anything." And I said, "Well, I'm not your guy." Yeah. And Tony called me up one time. He goes, "Man, you're not working out as lead guitar player, but you have awesome rhythm. Yeah. Would you like to play bass?" I'll be honest here. I said, "You know what? Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pick my shit up. Yeah. And by the time, sorry, by the time I got over there. I'm getting demoted to yeah, yeah. base. Oh, by the time I got over there. I That's what I did to Cap. Well, hey, <laughs> That's exactly the, what I was thinking. You know what? By the time I got over there, I said, you know what? It at least keeps me playing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Cap's like, I knew what I was doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the thing none of those guys knew about was I had bought like a 60th anniversary P base. Oh. on my own and i was playing around with it mm-hmm. and once again my friend being the bass player from the four horsemen uh he said man learn to play with your fingers yeah so I, that's how i approached it all the time so to me they were completely different than guitar right and i uh, you know so i was playing with my fingers and went to the first practice they're like holy shit you may be the thing that keeps this band going and ever since then, I've been a bass player. And it's so fun when it's, you actually approach it as like a bass player as opposed to a, a guitar player's mindset with absolutely. it being a thing with strings. See, absolutely. You, you could have fooled me. No, so Grave Rollers was the first band you really played bass for. Absolutely. You could have absolutely fooled me. I thought you like played bass and that was like a secondary instrument like you tackled. No, I'm that good. <laughs> no right. ser- like dead serious like i honestly thought like you would swap between guitar and bass playing like your mm-hmm. honky tonk or yeah, you know yeah, rockabilly yeah. stuff i thought that was just another thing you would do and no, 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 no. never i don't think any of us have seen you play guitar not live no no I, i've seen clips you, you've yeah. posted some clips but uh <laughs> but uh, i've not no I've only seen you play bass, and I could have sworn with the way you play and how well you play, that was just something you've always fucked with. Well, what it was was when I was learning to play guitar again with just the three fingers Uh on that hand, uh, I learned the fretboard. Right. I I just learned it. Yeah. And I don't know what it was that made it stick. But when you play bass, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't, I was not content to be the, the one string wonder. Right. You know, just sit there and play the root note and all that kind of stuff. And, I, and, and then I really started listening to all the songs I loved. Mm-hmm. And I said, the bass is doing a lot of other stuff. Yeah. So I said, well, let me focus on that. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that. And then, uh, I brought that to the grave rollers and, uh, Eventually, I brought that to the Superjet. Yeah. And, you know, even though the Superjet is primarily covers right now. Yeah. You know, I had, I, I tried to find a, instead instead of copying what everyone else has done, I said, let me, let me hit the root notes 
and find out where they're going. And yeah. Th- because and let me make my own way there. And the because, fun thing about it is we are writing originals. Yep. So it's like we're going to get to that point where we're well, going to start getting Well, not with me or not. Yeah, we are. Why we're not? We're going to be writing them with you. Well, you will be, but not yet. Well, we've only got Ooh. like mild ideas that we hadn't even brought to the table yet. Yeah, All got- I need is an idea. I can put some funk in it. Oh, we need some I mean, funk. We, we got we got riffs. We, we got riffs. We got riffs. We just need Tony orchestrating it a bit more. Good luck with that. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about juggling. Uh, what is this? Three bands a piece at this point between all of us. Three bands a piece. Two. You're the only one with three bands. Well, I don't know. Well, we'll find out after 2020. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those things too. It's like what's going to be if what's going to be hanging around and what's not after this. I was going to say I've got fill in super jet kind of the felons, but then the podcast. The yeah. podcast might as well be the third. <laughs> it takes well, up just you, as much you time. You know what? I have I have no problem telling people that I shooed my way into this. Yeah. You know, because What do you mean by that exactly? Well, like I have a feeling but like clarify. Okay. Uh Tony was like, hey, I'm going out to see Cap's band, and Alex is going to be there. Oh, oh, for Super Jet. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, and, I know what you mean. I thought it, you meant just like in the music world in general. No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. Well, I forced my way into that. Yeah. But that, uh, That's where I thought you were going with No, that. no, no, no. They were looking. They already had another bass player in mind. We were looking. and it, Well, you had someone in mind. Yeah. And I said, uh, I was just fucking around with tony not expecting to oh get yeah the offer that was that night wasn't and it and i said uh i said hey i'm insulted you didn't ask me mm-hmm. and he goes what do you mean i said i thought that's why you called me out here <laughs> just to fuck with him though right yeah oh i was just fucking with him. yeah tony called me out there to be a buddy to go to the show with yeah right and like i said deep down i'm an asshole so <laughs> i was like i was like hey man yeah, I want to be. But you may remember this mm-hmm. after the I went to your Superjet uh, show d- in December. Yeah, and Alex came over to me and he goes, "Hey man, how did it sound?" I said, "There's only one problem." <laughs> I said, "I'm not in that band." <laughs> I love that I you em- and I was like, "Excellent, I love dude!" That you I, embraced it like that, dude. I'm a I can be a dick, <laughs> and I love Davy Dirt. He's a great guy. I love him to death. And, and, and he is so happy that you're and uh, playing bass in it now. Dude, and I'm happy I'm, new father. I'm thrilled to death that he recommended me. Yeah. To replace him. So Yeah, he he's, yeah, he's I'm just happy about that. He he's just an awesome guy. And just like I said, new dad, especially being a father now, I think that's brought like a whole new level of just joy to his life. He's still in that fresh baby stage. That it'll come. It, it, that that day'll come where it'll be the oh my god. But right now it's still got that fresh yeah. baby smell and well, you every know little problem is a happy problem. Oh yeah. I can admit I was not in that stage. Oh, he he he's in that stage right now. Every little problem I'm sure is a happy problem. It it'll change, but right now he's but, still loving every bit of it. What, what I mean by not being in that stage is when I had my daughter, I was still playing in a band. And everything about my mindset was fuck. I wanna go rehearse. Yeah. I wanna go play in a band. And so Yes, everyone can say I'm a negligent father for that, but 
I, I don't, don't know. Care. I watched the whole but thing. But at the on, end of the day, you still. I watched the whole thing on David Foster. You're fine. <laughs> 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 no, I could clearly good tell. Good to know. <laughs> I can clearly tell by your actions. I saw good in the hood up in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I mean, it didn't take long. No. But, you but, know. Right. And, I don't know. I just I've been thoroughly enjoying having you on this. You know, I'll no. refer to it as the team. I've been thoroughly enjoying having you on the team. I like that. Oh, I appreciate. I, it. I like that you've taken this as seriously as you have too. Like you've been like uh, really into the music and like wanting to get good at it too. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember just the main joke being because again I knew about your honky talk rockabilly history mm-hmm. and the the main takeaway when you were joking with Tony about I'm only insulted because you didn't ask me. My one takeaway I was like. I didn't think you'd want to play this style of music. It didn't feel like it. I, I did not know about like your thrash history and like oh, liking yeah. that kind of stuff. So I was thinking like, you know, punk and rock and roll that, you know, no one's Man. really heard of wouldn't really be up your alley. So that was just the reason I didn't immediately think, oh, ask Tiki. Dude, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like the stray dog. Yeah. I just want to play. Oh, yeah. But I understand yeah. that now. But even back then, I had only had like maybe what? six or seven interactions with you at a club oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. so it's like we knew each other on a very surface level i didn't yeah, know yeah, like yeah. your music history like yeah. what you liked well we bring this and, up with all the time with folks that are in this mindset like you don't treat this as a hobby this is what you do oh, yeah. absolutely. And, and, absolutely and that's one of the reasons i think the three of us have really clicked on like so many levels on music is, oh yeah you know we've talked about it briefly in the past but it's like when we've been between drummers we I personally fell into a depression because we weren't playing or rehearsing or right. doing anything. We weren't being productive. And mm-hmm. I turned to him and I was like, fuck it. We've got it. Let's do an acoustic thing. We fucked around with it in the past. Let's be serious about it now until we find another drummer. Oh and, yeah. And until then we, we played little bars uptown, just playing super sucker covers that no one knew were yep. covers and we just never corrected them, you know? So it's like, fuck it. And we just get out there, play a bunch of songs. We knew we'd honky tonk up a few fill in songs and just to, fill that void of we gotta play some music well it's about like this podcast too like with the quarantine and lockdown and everything too it's been a nice little outlet to have something creative and fulfilling like this to keep us you know creatively afloat yeah Yeah. because back when people weren't wanting to travel and do that we would just do zoom calls with people that god it would take forever to finally get them in person but it's like we were able to talk with our friends that you know cincinnati and atlanta and you know everywhere else that God, again, we would have to take us touring and traveling to them and setting aside a date to do this with. Boom, all of a sudden it's, hey, man, in Colorado, you want to do a Zoom call? I finally got to talk to the head of my label that put out my record. Yeah, right? We finally got to talk to our record label head for the first time. Which one? Hobo Wolfman? Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to him on Facebook a lot, but it was like the first time like being face-to-face with him, you know, through Zoom. So yeah even the podcast has just been such a fun outlet and i think that just comes from the creative standpoint and even with you i feel that when you didn't have the band your creative outlet was cars yeah absolutely so it's like you you still had your back burner thing to get your creative juices yeah, yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. like our our at the time back burner now secondary pot on the front mm-hmm. burner being the podcast you know when, when did that love of cars kind of fall into play it fell in uh about the time I picked up the uh, rockabilly bug, because you know rockabilly music and classic kind of muscle cars, cars kind yeah. of kind of go hand well, in hand. Well, not muscle well, cars, class, like yeah, like the fifties cars, right, right, fell into place. And uh, I was still in Tommy Ray and the Ray Guns when I uh, 
picked up my first one. Uh-huh. 1950 Plymouth. Okay. Which I still have. Runs like a top, by the way. And, uh, you know, and then later on, I got involved in a car club. Right. Which is where basically the whole grave rollers hang out at yeah, this point. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's where I met Tony again. Right. Because Tony came up. Now, I admit it. I had a long beard at the time. And I said, <laughs> he goes, hey, man, thanks for coming out. And I told him, I was like, I'm you know, not your fan. You're just like, really? <laughs> I said, I'm not your fan. I said, we've played together many, many times. <laughs> and he kind of looked at me. He's like, are you from Tommy Ray and the Ray Guns? I was like, yes, I am. And he goes, oh, goddamn!" damn. Again, a, a beard will change a lot on a that's man. That's right. <laughs> so I, I, I came to expect that. But that's where Tony and I kind of hooked up. Yeah. You know. And uh, since then, you know, I bought a car from Tony and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just, uh, what it does is probably much like you guys. I have a very restless personality. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to throw yourself into something. Yes. You know? so, You're right. But, but the, but the double-edged sword is sometimes you can feel overwhelmed by the things you've thrown yourself into. Oh, dude, every weekend. Because yeah. I got... I got shit from both ends both every weekend. But, but the thing is, is as soon as you try to cut one of those out, you're mm -hmm. like, oh, God. Like, oh, even, yeah. like even today, I'm not going to lie. It's like, uh, again, this is going to be a, that little two-parter. We're already in part two. But a few weeks ago, by the time we're listening to this, we were supposed to have band practice. But it got right. canceled for reasons. and Bullshit reasons. Yes. <laughs> uh, but... Before the I, drummer nah, decided to go to a barbecue, <laughs> and he's probably not going to bring us any. <laughs> no, so, I don't care if it's a week old. I won't lie. I woke up this morning tired as fuck. Oh yeah, because we we played a little private party last night. Yeah, and so we were outside sweating our asses Dude, off in a little outdoor I, gig. We were loading stuff in our car yesterday to go play this. Uh, set and I knocked my calf against the trailer hitch right on the muscle, and I'm still feeling it. I was gonna walk to practice with a limp. <laughs> yeah, today, Dude, it's I, like, but it's still. It's I did just, that breaking up a fight one time. Did so. you? But but my lead in with all that is like I woke up tired as hell, and literally I was sitting here going, I was like I don't want to go to practice today." But the I was never gonna send that because at the mm -hmm. end of the day, it's the if I don't go and play. It's going to suck, especially because it was by my own hand. I right. decided I'm not going to play music today when I've already decided I'm going to play music today. And that just feels like I'm cheating myself. Well, the one thing I can say about myself is I don't I don't believe in all of my history I've ever canceled a practice mm -hmm. or a show. I think there's only been one or two times I ever had to call an audible and be like, I can't do it now. Yeah, there's only been one time for me too, and it was, it was over Superjet, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> okay, you guys are bullshit. Oh, you make, I'm bullshit. You make a commitment, you honor it. Oh, well, it was family emergency. Yeah, fa fa family comes first always. It it does unless it's family bullshit, in my opinion. <laughs> no, it, it has to be extenuating well, circumstances. Yes, well, yeah. Okay, well, I'll go I'll go with that. But see, if it's like 
with it's my not situation like your mom goes oh, you're not coming over today no it's not then, any then of it's that like, no it's it's the family meeting talk kind of oh, thing yeah, yeah that that's been the extenuating circumstances i have never had one of those really where the whole family has to get together to talk about something that happened nope wow nope our our family is full all of they, that. All, all they do the, is make decisions and tell me about it, e- and then I'm like, Eve, you know, know what? I think it's how mine were too. Yeah, e- man. Yeah, e- I mean, I'm more, I'm more like, yeah, or nope, man. E- I'm e- not e- going along with it. It's e- one e- of the two. Even when I was a kid, I didn't even understand what was going on. I'd be hanging out in my room, watching TV, yada yada. Mama coming, hey, um, we're gonna go to grandma's for a few hours. Why? We're just all gonna we're all just gonna talk for a little while, and I just get sent off to the living room to watch TV and everything, and they'd be having a big family talk with someone that done fucked did something fucked up, or you know have an issue, or you know caused a big ruckus, and I'm just sitting, and then later on figured out what was going on, right? And then you reach that age where you get wrapped into them. Your sister's you get told, just you get to, not, not even you get your told, sister's just selling drugs at 14 years old. <laughs> no, <laughs> she never. Talk about that. She never. That's a but good no, thing. She, I, I mean, I, pro- I probably was shielded from it yeah but i i can just remember you know i had aunts and uncles who were overseas and all uh-huh. this kind of stuff and they're like oh they're having a problem mm-hmm. and i'm thinking it the whole time i'm like they're old enough to be overseas by themselves right why are we talking about this <laughs> right well because you know i mean cap they, they chose maybe, to maybe cap can kind of relate to this if you're old enough to do certain things, you're old enough to figure it out. Yeah. Our, Especially our, if you have to make the decision to go overseas with different currency. Oh, with, yeah. Uh, oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. With I no mean, uh, you know, idea of where you're going or anything like that. Yeah. That's a yeah, chance it's in like, itself. It's like, okay, so somebody went overseas and fucked up. Yeah. What the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm here. You know, I'm 14 years old. What am I going to do? Right. <laughs> yeah, know? so... I don't know how we even trailed off into all that. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> what were we Ladies talking about? Baseball? Family is your worst friend. Oh, there you God. go. I'll tell you what, what. We were talking about this earlier. How much time do we have? Uh, yeah, this keeps going. We got keeps going. Rolling. I want to know about your. We'll, we'll go three, four, five episodes. I want to know. I want to know about your uh, radio experience. Radio experience. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I went to college at East Carolina University. Okay. ECU. ECU. Yeah. And uh, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I needed money. Right. Kind of funny. I and a buddy money. of mine <laughs> who was in the same department as me was a DJ on uh, the college radio stage. Right. And I just said, I said, hey, man, are there any jobs there? Yeah. He comes in and goes, well, you could be a fill-in on the mid hey! Hey! hilarious <laughs> he goes, you could be a fill-in on the midnight show if somebody can't make it and uh i was like are you talking about the one that uh chainsaw used to do which was a metal show yeah he chainsaw. goes chainsaw never, never met the dude but he went by <laughs> chainsaw because I used to l- listen to it because, uh, you know, in college times, practice ended like two in the morning. Right. So you go home, throw on the college radio station, and they're playing metal. Yeah. And uh, he goes, well, it's called Music to Annoy the Narrow-Minded. Right I now. like that. I was like, okay. For a metal show? Yeah, 91.3 WZMB. Because like we had... You know? 
I, like, I like that show title though. Oh, for a metal show, I'm thinking of like uh, I think our uh, metal show was called the Funeral Directory. Oh God, the <laughs> Funeral <laughs> Directory, <laughs> just super goth. I like I like Tiki's though. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. Music too annoyed the narrow minded. That just sounds like that party needs to be a compilation if that's like, not trademarked. And they, and they uh, like party metal. Basically, what I remember was you could play whatever you wanted, mm-hmm. as long as you pay one of the CDs from this little box per hour. Right. That's where I got. Just like it, was like two. Like was it like in a uh, little slots like per uh, specialty show? You got like two or three per week or whatever. Oh no, man! This thing was like an old CD holder. Oh okay. And it had like thirty CDs. So yeah, and uh, I mean. In there, it was... It could my, be anything, right? Yeah, my buddy Todd Todd Roberts, who uh, was the uh, head of it. You know what's hilarious? I worked in my college radio station. I worked with a Todd Roberts as well. Todd Roberts ran everything. <laughs> and uh, anyway, you, you just had to play one of those per hour. Right. And it, had, it was the old bullshit thing where you had to write down your log of what you yeah. what you played and all that. Where you could you couldn't put add or subtract too many from the rotation or whatever. Right, right. I got in so much trouble. Oh, I would do the same shit. <laughs> and the reason was is I was a substitute DJ. I wasn't officially on record. Okay. I wasn't either when I started off. And their whole thing was like. If you're going to broadcast, you have to apply for your FCC license. And I was like, "Not in this. yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know? not, so, was it, did it run on donations? No, no, no. It was 100% college radio. Oh, okay. But I get on there, and I, I was like, okay, here's the latest from Bolt Thrower. And then I was like, nice. <laughs> I was like, Bolt Thrower? Okay, that's kind of interesting. And then I would play Cannibal Horror corpse nice. oh yeah and i play like old stuff from catamal corpse and i was like here's hooked on phonics catamal corpse <laughs> just, full on, just like full-on florida death metal oh yeah it was all <laughs> dude i played deicide and all those bands man in knoxville like uh it, i got in so much trouble over that shit man I because could, i'm sorry the one there was one time that they called me to fill in during the daytime Oh man! <laughs> and I went in, and I just took some albums from home. Oh, and that the, that's the best, dude. And it was a combination of CDs and records that yeah. we could play. And I took Leonard Skinner's "Gold and Silver." <laughs> it's like a best of album. Yeah. Yep. And I played a Leonard Skinner song. My God, I got raked over the coals for that. They're like, we are alternative man band uh radio station we don't play that i and i actually stood up i said alternative to what oh at ecw or ecw ecu ECU. i said ecw i said i said everything you're playing is on mainstream radio yeah if i spin a a deep cut from skinner that's alternate yeah and they're like we don't play that shit. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I, I almost got fired. Right yeah, college. Wow. No, college radio had more rules than you would think, especially in like little markets like that. Absolutely. Although I knew people that would go in and get their little personal hours, but they would play like their hipster bullshit too. So, yeah. 
I had a, but uh, the friend of mine actually works in with uh, AC Entertainment now. He would go in. I I would know when he would come on at two mm-hmm. o'clock in the afternoon. He'd be like, "All right, Benny's giving me uh, an hour. Uh, I'm gonna play uh, some Darkness. I'm gonna play some Foxy Sazam. <laughs> all this bullshit classic rock. Damn. We had a uh, two. We had me and it was like two guys I played in a band with. We had a radio show every Wednesday from ten to midnight, and maybe 10 people listened to it but it was on fm it was on a very far left of dial fm uh, knoxville radio right yeah but it was one of those deals like you were talking about where it had rules where like don't you come in bring in your fucking sammy hagar bullshit in a college radio station or <laughs> they will by laugh the way at you. i'm i'm 100 percent sure that i played sammy hagar one of his uh independent records oh one of his end like uh, chicken foot or some shit. No, 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 no. Post Van Halen, pre chicken foot. Man, I I would go see Sammy Hagar tomorrow. I don't give a shit what anybody says. He don't give a shit. No, <laughs> Sammy Hagar's just loaded on tequila and good vocal cords at seventy whatever years well, old. Well, my is. my whole thing was I was, you know, I was like, hey man, I'm getting paid like two dollars an hour. Yeah, you're a college. You're still a college, college student. College student, and uh, right or whatever. Yeah, and I just said, you know what? For two dollars an hour, they can take my whole paycheck. What am I going to make? Yeah, twenty bucks. I was a volunteer for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, that's how they qualified us. I said, I'm going to lose what twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Fuck this. I'm going to play what I want. Yeah. But did you ever like it? Did you uh, get your own uh, show afterwards? Or did you no. kind of like? Uh, How long did you do it for? Hell no! Nobody gave me a show. <laughs> How long did you wind up doing it for? I did it for a year and a half. That's not bad. Yeah, because they never could just figure off out. and on, or well, I was the sub- substitute. Yeah, yeah, and nobody could figure out who I was. Ah, uh, because give a different alias. Each apparently, time. my buddy who got me the job. Never put me down as an employee. Oh, okay. okay. So they're like, who the fuck played this? And I'm like, I did. They're like, who the hell are you? Bolt thrower. A guy. Cannibal corpse. I'm fucking, like that, I'm like uh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Insert Florida death man, metal band here. Man, I, I'd play anything, you know, if, if it was something I was into. The most, I do it. Well, the see, most, now that's the joy we get to do here. Is absolutely. To, uh, oh, yeah. Spin random it's shit some, that we something enjoy. Something I can honestly say. Same thing I've been doing for the past, like, several years on radio. Just, like, just jerking off uh, myself <laughs> and every, with everything I like. That's why your microphone's sticky. Well, you know, <laughs> you know something? I, I've told several bands I've been in with this. I've never made it public. I have never played music for the audience. Right. You play it for you. I, think, I play. I, think, I play music I like for me. Mm-hmm. Everybody, and they're, like, they're like, "Oh no, man, you got to play to the audience." And I, several, I've been kicked out of a couple bands because of it. I'm like, "No, yeah, I'm not going to do that." If you, yeah, if I don't like it, I'm not going to play it. I feel you. And not everybody will. Everybody will agree with you, but not everybody will admit it. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean. The audience is great. If the audience appreciates what you're doing, that's a wonderful thing. When I was doing college radio, we had one drunk audience member that would call in every week. His name was TR. Was and he it would, me? 
<laughs> Might as well have been. He'd been like, uh, he was like, play this Never Say Die track from this uh, one Black Sabbath album. Or he'd be like, play this uh, King Crimson track, whatever. We would have some uh, days where, depending on whose birthday it was, we'd be like, oh, it's John Bonham's birthday. We're going to play this 20-minute version of Moby Dick, and the drum solo is 14 and a half minutes. <laughs> just because. I'll be honest. I got in trouble all the time for playing And Justice for All. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, what what uh what uh time period would this have been when you were doing college radio? Uh, let's see. When did the Black Album come out? 91? I was like ninety one. Yeah. What, so this Metallica was ninety three. So like, Metallica was like far past college radio by then. Oh yeah, everybody hated it. But Injustice for All was what we used to call. Maybe Cap can remember this. Alex, mm. maybe you'll remember that. I see your distant alcoholica alcoholica i remember that (laughs) but um that metallica caused me to drink too much no anyway they had what was known as uh bathroom break songs oh yeah oh yeah yeah. Uh, well that was like a whole thing for the 70s and 80s oh dude it was like nine and a half minutes or in the 70s they were uh cocaine break songs (laughs) well they might have been the 80s too Who's I never, who it was. I, ne- I never got into the cocaine, but uh, I definitely got into the, I got a piss. Right, you know, so. I had a lot of bearers. Well, it didn't matter what it was. It was like, God damn, I've been here for three hours. In a big ass stadium. Listening to fucking like drum solos and guitar solos. Mm-hmm. I of- got in so much trouble because I would always find a compilation album. Because mm-hmm. at 6 a.m., my shift was done. We were from midnight to 6. <sighs> All right. At 6 a.m., my shift was fucking done. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm going back to my apartment. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and uh, nobody ever showed up. Really? They never showed up. So you were just there manning nothing. I was just like, God damn. Fuck <laughs> so I, I, I'd walk around and I'd find a compilation album. Yeah. Like a compilation metal album. Uh-huh. Right. I, I didn't care what it was. You're just like, care. give me something. I didn't care if it was like Ugly Kid Joe going something <laughs> else and all that shit. I just would put it on and leave. And my whole thought process was... I mean, normally you got, well, if they found out I did this, this is going to be bad. Mm -hmm. But when you're only getting 20 bucks, you don't give uh, a fuck. Well, no. No, my whole thing was, they have no idea who I am. (laughs) (laughs) And a minute, he rocks. So what are they going to do? Yeah, I'll show up for another meeting. Who played Ugly Kid Joe for 45 minutes? (laughs) He's got to be cool. And I was like, all right, well. (laughs) Hate well, everything about you. Oh, dude, that's them, that right? Was so, that was so popular at the time. I hate. That's the this only song. song I know by them. It's the only song they ever can. I want to say the singer was in the uh, Motorhead uh, "Born to Raise Hell" track that was in Airheads too. Yeah, it was the Ugly Kid Joe singer Lemmy and Ice T for that version. Was the Ugly Kid Joe? I think so. Don't ask me how I know that. Or was it Candlebox? 
I don't think it was Candlebox, but okay. they sound exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> well, since we're already talking about music, this feels like a pretty good point to go ahead and start wrapping this up. Tiki, I do want you to come back again. You have yeah, been absolutely. fucking awesome. And it's fine for us to dig on into our Spotify playlist and figure out what the hell we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Cap, what the hell have you been listening to? Man, you know how you uh, open a vault of like a specific art artist and you're just like, I'm going to spend like two weeks on this catalog because of how extensive it is? Yes. I did that. I've been doing that with the Rolling Stones. Oh, really? Uh, like a few weeks oh, ago it was uh, say what shame on me why so why so well let's get into that for a little bit uh, what I've been listening to has been a lot of the Mick Taylor era like let it bleed and uh, sticky fingers and things okay. like that a lot of the okay. like uh, when uh, I like that era in particular for like I don't know if you are big Stones fans at all but it's definitely their, into it much it's definitely their guitar shreddiest era because why, they why had are the, you saying shame though yeah really I wanted to get into that for a minute Oh, man, I've gotten into so many arguments about how good a guitar player Keith Richards is. Well, And the truth is, he will even admit it. Of all the lead guitar players they've had, Keith is the weak element. But Keith, that. But Keith is... No, no, he's throwing down the rhythm. I'll give him that. But Keith is the but he, he is the he songwriter. Is not, That's but Keith is the most important member of that band because he is the songwriter. You know, Mick will pitch in with lyrics and the attitude and everything uh, like that. But Keith is like the uh, the He's the producer. He's the uh, main producer slash uh, instigator of that band. If that makes any sense. Did he write "Start Me Up"? Yes, that entire like guitar style. That My entire point. <laughs> I'm not saying they were that Stones had so many fucking albums too. I like that song. There are definitely periods that were better and weaker as well, but that's any band that's been around for 50 fucking years. No, I don't disagree with that. I mean, it, the truth is is much like any other band, you grab a Stones album, I can find a song that I like. Right. Much like Kiss, Alex. I can, I can find a song that I like, but I refuse to admit that because I can find one song on each album, that it's like that they're the, the greatest, greatest ever. band. Yeah. And it took me a minute to... It's just one of those deals where like the Stones is their own flavor, and I love that flavor of rock and roll. No, and I totally get that. Yeah, I'm and not you could put Kiss in their own flavor, ACDC, and everybody has their own box and their own flavor. And mm -hmm. I love the Stones formula. No, I get that. Well, let's see if your opinions any better, Chris. What the hell have you been listening to? <laughs> Honestly, I've been listening. Fuck to, that! I've been listening to the uh, aside from the uh, Superjet playlist, playlist, which I still have to learn all of it. It'd be nice um, if we'd been able to practice it some today. Oh God, right? wouldn't that have been nice? <laughs> I want to play guitar. It's a shame that things like barbecues and pool parties get in the way of on the fifth of shit. July. It's not even a real. That is not a real holiday. Last time I checked. No, <laughs> just saying. Hey, hey, look, the Fourth of July declares our 
uh, independence from England. <laughs> and like I told a friend of mine, but we're playing Scandinavian rock though. Like, like a friend, like I told a friend of mine. So far with that, nothing's been fucked up. As far as we I, are still independent of England. As far as I know, so we got that going. Uh, one of my uh, one of the albums I've been listening to is actually uh, Deicide, Once Upon a Cross. That's okay. pretty. That's pretty death metal, isn't it? Oh, Deicide. Yeah, yeah I, I'd say it's death metal, but it's it's not the uh, Scandinavian Cookie Monster gotcha. variety the, of the, it. The, the vocals are like a, they have a different approach. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's less of the. <laughs> It's it's more of the growly vocal, and I accept that it's 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 uh it's only been in the past few years where I've accepted that work as an art form where you got to like use where that's a certain like mm-hmm. uh, thing you've got to develop if you you're using that as your medium. Well, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, the band Cannibal Corpse always used to say there are on their albums there are no effects on the vocals. Yeah. All right, that part aside, <laughs> it's like it's like '70s live. Oh yeah, albums. Was, oh, dude, air quotes. Dude, Kiss Alive. The only thing alive on that is the drum track. Yep, That's it. absolutely. Alive Two is even worse. Oh yeah, the only thing alive on that is the crowd noise. <laughs> um, no, but the reason I like that is it's 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 a bit more technical. It's a it's a metal band. And uh, I'll be honest, the vocals I give two shits about. Yeah, but it it has a a flow and a uh, rhythm to it that I can get into, and 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 I can think about the rhythm. It's and a different approach. Like yeah. yeah, it's a different approach. It's about like a, it makes me think of honestly. It makes me think of hip hop. Yeah, absolutely. Cadence and. Uh, delivery and things like that and finding your voice with it yes in a very strange otherworldly form (laughs) right (laughs) hey uh, that's the plane cap works on and that's and that's why it works well no 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 that's how i attach myself to that kind of no i'm not discrediting it i'm just saying i'm just saying hey you know i mean it's a you know tampa the area of tampa they put out i mean the band death Came yeah. out of there. Yep. Uh, even uh, Iced Earth. Iced Earth that was out of Tampa. Yeah, I didn't know that. Iced Earth and things like that. I mean, my brother kinda, loves Iced Earth. <laughs> you you kind of got to go. Sometimes you got to go retro on these things, you know. Mm-hmm. And whether you believe in what they're preaching, if you will, right. you kind of you, you got to appreciate the music part of it and yeah it's weird like where you dive into a band that has like us mindsets like that where you just kind of take a few things with it here and there too right 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 like i'm saying if you listen to the instruments you listen to the cadence you listen to the but, chord progressions and stuff like that you're like i can use this mm-hmm. later totally i mean i i'm not a satanist <laughs> even though they 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 sing about that all the time what's well, which yeah. I'll be perfectly honest, I find boring as hell. Oh yeah, but it's like, all a shtick. But but it's oh like, yeah, it, it's the same same way I feel about like bands like Striper. Yeah, I'm like yes. Well, well back to the hip hop. He is great. Everything's good. I get that. But let's focus on the music. Part. Yeah, 
Yeah, back to take the, the lyrics out of it. And back to the hip hop comparison with death metal or whatever. It's just like you part of the uh, charm is getting into like the lyrical content and going like, oh my god, how fucked up is this song gonna be and shit <laughs> oh, like yeah. that. Don't play it around, mommy. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I've been actually digging back into, actually, since you brought it up, the Kiss catalog a little bit, and I've mm-hmm. been listening to a Rock and Roll Over, and that's a pretty fun one, because that was the record that came after Destroyer. Destroyer right. had um, uh, Detroit Rock City, Beth, Shout It Out Loud, God oh, of yeah. Thunder, produced by Bob Ezrin, so it had like the big kind of vibe to it. Yeah. That is which, my second favorite Kiss album. Which was kind of a departure from their first three, which were basically glorified garage rock albums because they didn't have a lot of money to produce them right so to kind of go back to form quote unquote this record was recorded stripped down no extra effects just basic guitars drums and all that and it kind of comes through in the songwriting it see it feels like it feels like they're trying to come back to form there was no there's no god of thunder there's no beth there's no shouted out loud on this was this uh, primarily uh eddie kramer yes okay there was no bob ezrin no. Yeah, so and yeah, so, so Eddie Kramer's Eddie like Cr- Eddie Kramer's like strictly engineer with all his shit too. Mm-hmm. And Kramer did some of the earlier Kiss demos that sound really fucking good, and he did this record. And I mean, stuff that is like you've got Doctor Love on there, everyone knows that one. Uh, but you've got deeper cuts like Mister Speed, uh, See You in Your Dreams, and um, I feel weird that you have to look at your phone for this. I want to make sure I don't miss one. There's a lot of facts, <laughs> and uh, and even the intro song "I Want You" is just a fucking strong Paul vocal and everything else. It's just, it, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. <laughs> Tiki's looking at me like, "What was that?" Cap stepped. Did you hear that? Cap stepped on a cat. That's what it was. He mimicked. A, that was totally not me oh, singing. Okay. That was he totally. Mimicked, he did it. I was totally not flubbing over a Paul Stanley impression. <laughs> is it my favorite Kiss record? Nah, is it maybe top three or top five? Yeah, for sure. So it's not necessarily perfect, but it's been a nice one to it, kind of read. That probably has my favorite guitar tones on any Kiss record. Oh yeah, uh, the song I think "Love 'Em Leave 'Em" is probably one of the best mm-hmm. Ace Frehley solos. It's a great one. What was the uh, Kiss album? came out it was like the greatest hits thing it was called hits and oh smashes thrashes and hits yeah, yeah. that came out in the late 80s and that actually had remixes on it the drums were all re- replaced with drum machines really yeah uh, it's fucking weird 80s well, kiss is a I'm weird not, time i'm not gonna say i like that album apparently <laughs> i hate that album. Uh, no certain so. songs actually legit had like a drum machine replacement on it it's fucking weird but this I got the- I got into that one when uh, I was still playing a cover band in college. Yeah, and I was hey, like, through, through, I was like, hey man, through these they- speakers, you probably couldn't tell the fucking difference. Oh no, right? <laughs> I, I was like, hey man, you know, Kiss has good songs. The only reason I can't back Kiss fully is when people tell me. Oh, their whole catalog's awesome. No, I'm it like, is not. It's like, no. Well, well, now we're back at the Rolling Stones argument. All right, we ain't got time for all that. If you want to join up on our Discord, take a look in our show notes. Click that Discord link, join up, have some fun with us. The three goons here at this table are on there talking gear and memes. And hell, we've even got a food section. So, Tiki, if you start grilling up some of that uh, barbecue and shit. That Kansas City barbecue. Give, give us some tips. Give I'm us some recipes. I'm not going to put that up there for people to... <laughs> this Give ain't for y'all. Oh, it's all good love in there, man. Wes has I'm already been posting some of his yeah. food and shit. We all give love. We all hell. We're all we hate the term foodie, but damn, we are some men that love to eat. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we are not going to complain to someone's like, "Yo, 
Here's we, a good barbecue recipe. I just like, tested it out. We ain't going to be mad about that. We like quality. Yes. <laughs> As you can tell by this quality show. Right. And if you dig what we do, definitely sign up to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash something good network for only a dollar a month. You get weekly content, at least two shows a week, like the Couch Potatoes on Tuesday and on Saturdays, either uh, you got to hear this or the first four years. And in between all that, you get early access to main network shows like something good for you and reporting from the nexus which is johnny g's show so lord of mercy y'all you got so much content for only a dollar it's like we got it's like we're a legit network on patreon that you could get for a dollar don't get ahead of yourself (laughs) (laughs) well this has been awesome tiki we got to have you back anytime uh we wind up having practices canceled son any Anytime you have yes, a subject, sir. I can talk about it, whether I know about it or not. That sounds perfect <laughs> to me. Cap, do you have a fucking outro? Oh, God, what are you doing? <laughs> the what, what is, acoustic is, guitar has okay. come out. Oh, God. He's been drinking. <laughs> he turns into that guy. Get enough beers in him and get his acoustic guitar around. He starts fucking playing the guitar. I gave my heart a cherry. (laughs) All right, y'all. Have a good (laughs) one. That's enough.
Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month. At patreon.com slash something good network.